Hey, everybody. Welcome to Media Snack Live on LinkedIn Audio. This is a really interesting experience. I'm seeing you all kind of come in one by one. I feel like uh, I feel like David and I are having a house party, and we're just I'm probably stood in the hallway collecting coats, and he's in the in the kitchen somewhere pouring wine. Um, I can see Joe, Jan, Hamish, Kevin, Christy, Carrie, Diego, Fiona. You're coming in. Great, thank you for joining. So as we just wait a, a few seconds just for people to shuffle in the door. So um, of those of you that are, are coming to listen, thank you so much. Um, really good to see you. Just uh, LinkedIn Audio is new. We've been kind of exploring it a little bit. I don't know if you've been on a LinkedIn Audio before. It's a relatively new thing. Um, if you're amongst those listening, if you wish to contribute, and we'd love to hear your voices on the show, uh, then just you can raise a hand, I think, and then we can invite you to unmute and uh, share your ideas and your comments with the rest of the team. Um, but let's get started. So live from New York and around the world, welcome to Media Snack Live, uh, brought to you by IDcoms. And this is our launch of Media Snack on LinkedIn Audio. So thank you for joining us. We're going to be uh, live uh, most Fridays probably every other Friday to, to start with. And then if you enjoy this, then we can do it more often. Um, and we'll always be at the same time. So 11 a.m. Eastern time and 4 p.m. UK and various times around the world. So for those of you that are new to Media Snack, um, it's a regular show. We've actually been doing it for about five years. And we explore some of the, what we call alternative perspectives on the main trends, news and ideas in media and marketing. And for the last five years, Media Snack has been a YouTube show. Uh, and you can still find, I think, over 200 episodes on YouTube and also uh, as a podcast on your favorite apps. But today, we're migrating the show to LinkedIn Audio. And we have really one ambition, and that's just to bring the show closer to you all and allow more of you, people far smarter than David and I, uh, to participate in the discussion. And over the years, honestly, the shows that we've enjoyed the most on YouTube are the ones where... Uh, you know, you've been involved in, in some fashion, uh, sharing ideas, asking questions, and just building on the discussion. So moving to this format, I think, allows hopefully more of that to happen. A uh, couple of things up front. It's important to know this is, a, this is what we would con consider a safe space right, for sharing views. So uh, on Media Snack, if you've watched Media Snack over the years, and at our company, IDcoms, if you know the company, you know, we believe that brands deserve better media. We talk about that quite a lot. And that when brands get the full value of their media investments, that they, that they grow and they flourish. And that's something I think that we all want. And we all recognize that we are all in service of the brands that we love. So all of your ideas and thoughts and builds are welcome. And I want us to work together to build a better media opportunity for brands and hopefully a better media industry for the future generations. And so we've got some responsibilities, all of us. Um, this is the launch show with a pretty open agenda. So we'll open up for a bit of discussion, some hellos in a minute. Um, but in the coming weeks, we're going to focus on some various topics, challenges and trends and news in media. Um, but for, as I say, this first show, we just want to invite you all uh, like a bit of a kind of virtual launch party. So if David's pouring the wine, I'll, I'll open up for him in a minute. Um, the LinkedIn Audio has one host, 
So if you've been on Spaces or Clubhouse, it's a bit more sophisticated. I think LinkedIn are going to make this a bit better. But there's only one host, so that's me. So I'm having to just moderate at the same time. Um, and then a few people have been invited as speakers. And if you're a listener, just as I say, just raise your hand and we can make you a speaker. Um, and then just go on mute when you're not speaking. Unmute. Oh, you can unmute yourself, can't you, David? Hello. Hello. Good to hear your voice, not seeing your face. I know, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Um, so as I say, as we as we progress, just please raise a hand, say hi. Um, there's many friendly faces, colleagues and friends, old and new, uh, I can see in the window here. So thank you. Mm -hmm. So David, for this first start, yeah, we just wanted to think about what are really some of the bigger trends and some of the challenges that we're all considering in media yeah. around the world, of which there are many. You know, you and I and many in our team, we speak to advertisers obviously all the time. We speak to uh, marketers. You know, what are, what are you in the last you know weeks and months? What are the yeah. trends, the big things that you're hearing from marketers? What's on their mind? I mean, there's one kind of theme that has begun to bubble up with kind of greater emphasis, certainly over the last three or four weeks, which I think is really interesting um, and impacts not only the advertiser and the way that they perhaps approach media, but also uh, own media owners, platforms and media agencies. And, and that's around the kind of the gnarly topic of how will brands respond and react to uh, ever increasing and challenging economic headwinds. So, you know, as we perhaps hurtle towards a global recession, what will be the response of those businesses that spend significant proportion of their, of their operating capital on media? You know, the last time we had perhaps a global recession in 2008, 2009, uh, and it was one of the, the inspirations, Tom, for, for you and I going out and, and, and launching IDcoms was most businesses at times of recession, uh, then anyway, uh, gave responsibility for managing media to the procurement teams because the businesses saw media as a cost that needed to be managed at the time. And they, gave, they took away greater responsibility of media investment from marketeers. And, and you could argue whether that was a good thing or a bad thing at the time, but it certainly caused kind of challenges with the market going going in a certain direction, savings and cost reduction being kind of a, 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 a prominent consequence and, 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 and uh, implication of that particular strategy. Now, we fast forward to, to now, uh, the procurement community are far more sophisticated than they've ever been in the past. Businesses see media, thankfully, as a as a greater lever in delivering a growth agenda, and so uh, you know the the perhaps the knee jerk reaction of managing costs and reducing it down to its lowest common denominator is perhaps not just there. But I'm I'm keen to know how the market will respond because that not only imp implicates the agencies and, and how they will need to respond to this kind of changing dynamic. Are we going to be expecting another media palooza next year if this happens? Or are the requirements of the advertiser going to be far more considered, far more informed and far more strategic in, in the way that they kind of manage this, this big, big pressure? That's kind of, that's what's coming through. And I was speaking to a 
to a media agency leader uh, earlier this week. And he was gauging my opinion on whether I thought that, you know, the pitch market was going to significantly increase in, in activity because of this. And my opinion is actually that it won't. I think that certainly from the conversations that I've had with, uh, with advertisers, both clients of ours and, and non-clients, is that there will be greater focus on minimizing wastage. Nobody wants to see wastage appearing within their, their media budget or media supply chains. Um, and there will be greater focus on optimizing those campaigns and the flow of money. But I, I'm, I'm not certain that there will be a greater, more aggressive need to go to the market to secure uh, price reductions as perhaps we've seen in the past. That's my, that's my perspective. And I'd love to hear actually from perhaps some of the agency leadership community that we've got uh, on the call to see whether that resonates with the conversations that they've perhaps been happening, especially within the new business functions. Uh, and I see there's a couple of people uh, uh, listening in, in in those roles. Hamish or Jan, you might have an, a point of view on that you want to share in case, uh, please raise your hand. We've also uh, got Kevin McCollum as well from uh, Hershey's. Who, Kevin, I was watching you, I was thinking as soon as David starts talking about procurement cutting costs, Kevin's just going to drop off, uh, which of course not. He corrected himself, of course, which is that procurement now in media, way more sophisticated, and we admire you as a champion uh, exactly of that. So Hamish, let's bring you in. Just while you figure that out, anyone else who want to contribute, please raise a hand. I'd be, be uh, delighted to hear your views on that. It affects everybody, of course, the current economic condition uh, making marketers think about how they're investing. I mean, in, I've, I've had similar conversations, obviously, as many of you know, I'm based in the US. Um, and, you know, same things similar going on here. The biggest impact on budget, the most frequent thing when we talk to businesses, particularly in the kind of CPG, FMCG category, is that for the last couple of years, you know, their supply chain of production and distribution has been massively disrupted, of course, and that's putting pressure on you know, cost of production, cost of distribution, putting pressure on the cost of goods that they're selling. And naturally, that puts pressure on the margins in their business. And so lots of marketers talking about the impact, actually, of the pressure on margin and decisions that they have to make as marketers. You know, do you wholly pass that cost uh, inflation straight onto the customer? which some do, maybe some businesses have even been exploiting that, as we've heard, you know, have been putting their prices up in anticipation of inflation. But it puts pressure on marketing because it makes, it increases the scrutiny internally. Yeah. If, you, if you view marketing as a cost to the business, or me, a media, which is a big chunk of that, obviously, as a cost to the business, you're very likely to just cut that back to protect your margins. Um, but we know as marketers, that, that's a, that can be a pretty short-term strategy because... Oh, Hamish, we've got you in. Yeah, I've now worked it out. Sorry about that. Okay, good. It's late. I was actually just about, I was sending a follow-up to Stephen Schwartz at the time. Um, so just to go back to, in terms of what we're seeing so far, is actually from a from a 2022 point of view, we, we haven't actually seen any softening at all yet. Um, and that seems to be a picture pretty much around around the entire network. So 2022 seems to be pretty robust. 2023, it's sort of slightly earlier days, but we're not we're not seeing it yet. Um, I think the important thing that we are certainly discussing with our clients and 
uh, being increasingly mindful about is just to make sure that we are really sensitive to what's going on in the future and 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 the market conditions. Um, the most important thing is not to be tone deaf to what's been going on. Um, and we're seeing that certain certain sectors actually are going to, as, as ever, always going to have a better time when, when things get tough um, and certain products too. So we're seeing, we're seeing sectors like supermarkets, particularly value, uh, more, the more value supermarkets doing very well, the mass supermarkets uh, particularly doing potentially uh, looking to increase and other sectors will come back. But what, what are, we've done some research in the last, like two dips in the last uh, four weeks and what we're seeing is consumers are very um, reluctant. In some areas, they're very keen to pull back or, and will pull back. But increasingly, many, many sectors, they are, regardless of things getting tighter, they are not willing to compromise on. So we're seeing that sectors like travel, chocolate and confectionery, uh, alcohol to a lesser extent, um, proving to be quite robust. So I think some of those behaviors we saw during lockdown, actually, where people really valued certain things. They're not going to be not not going to be compromising. So, so yeah, twenty twenty two, pretty much as is. Twenty twenty three, I think there's going to be some definite trends uh, and and change behavior changes happening. Uh, and the important thing is to really get the tone right going forward. That makes sense. Yeah, and Hamish, what if you can share what of those advertisers? If advertisers are coming to you and saying that they're concerned about that, how does that? change the services that you offer or the, or the, the advice that, that you give? It's more about guidance on how to navigate what's happening. Um, again, it's, 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 it's a bit early for 2023, but it's, it's more about overall comms guidance, where, where potential opportunities are, because the you know, classic behavior and what we're trying to uh, kind of help clients navigate is the balance between uh, brand and performance so classically um, when times get tough there's a kind of knee-jerk reaction to tilt towards more, more performance um, but what we are trying to guide people on depending on the brand depending on the situation depending on the sector depending on the country is actually in some cases it's actually still more advisable to keep investing in your brand rather than pivot your budgets to performance yeah. so really You've got to, it, it's all very nuanced and very specific to the category, to the type of consumer and, uh, and to timing. So, for example, um, we are tracking different types of levels of comfort uh, with consumers uh, in terms of just affluence and ability to, to, um, to afford stuff going forward. And we're finding that certain, certain sectors, so singles, for example, if you are a single person, uh, so if, you're, if your product is targeted at single people, they are at the moment being most impacted most quickly. Because if you live in a family in a household with, with, with multiple earners, then um, you obviously can kind of mitigate some of that and share some of the increased burden. But if you are living in a single household on your own, you are most acute to, to see the, those immediate impacts of of uh, cost of living crisis globally really so we you know you, you have to be very um clear in terms of where your audience is and their particular situation 
and it's in case of you know how you spend your money be it brand or performance and and really importantly the tone of your communications so we're seeing we're seeing quite a lot of um so people for serious times actually want relatively serious messaging um like overly jokey messaging is is increasingly inappropriate it's not to say that you can't still have a sense of humor in advertising because you can um but it's just being very nuanced to the situation and that's what we're recommending our clients to take a very hard look at their different audiences how things are how things are um how things are being impacted by audience and by category and by by brand so just yeah get very very specific and very very uh, nuanced about stuff Hey, Mish, that's a, that's a really good point. Thank you for that. I mean, the, you, I just want to pick up on one other thing that you said within that, and that was, uh, you know, the greater the responsibility on making considered brand and performance decisions. And that, in my experience, kind of tends to lean more on the agency side because there are far more integrated um, uh, solutions that are being asked for by brands within from their agency partners than than they have internally, almost without exception. The biggest challenge that I see in many of the businesses that we have dealings with is the, the distinct silos between brand marketing and performance, and that there is very few stakeholder groups that have oversight over either budget or the consumer journey. And it's very difficult to break those silos down structurally. It's complicated and it there's 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 hidden agendas and there's politics involved but to help compensate for those fragmented structures and those silos brands tend to rely on their agency partners to help them navigate that kind of journey you finding more of more of more pressure being laid onto your agency teams to help brands make more integrated decisions more considered decisions as to where the budget sits on brand versus performance? Uh, still with me, I'm going to let some other people talk, but that debate between brand and performance is, is the single, probably most important debate that any any uh, you have to tackle in pretty much any brief these days. So, uh, yes, it requires a, a deeper level of interrogation uh, like never before. But, you know, get that balance right and don't compromise your brand just because there's some short-term more more short-term sales pressures good to hear from other people i think we're having a bit of delay all getting used to the oh sorry about that there you are hello how are you good thank you tom uh i can certainly validate hamish's statements about the chocolate confection category being very strong and uh i suspect most of us would prefer to drown our concerns and sorrows with chocolate and alcohol on a beach somewhere other than where we live. But uh, in regards to his comments, I think, and especially as it relates to the comments David made earlier about procurement, I think we're still a, a discipline that still has a lot to learn. There are some of us who have come along the journey with our uh, marketing stakeholders and, and realize the value that advertising brings. And then there are some who rely on their procurement routes that would uh, prefer to just focus on their cost savings and cost avoidance um, goals and, and initiatives. But the the ones who can truly perform will partner with their agent, their agency as well as their internal stakeholders to deliver the business and uh, 
what I tend to find is that if you help your stakeholders uh, succeed in their goals, then your goals are easier to achieve and, and the savings and uh, avoidances just kind of fall into the bucket naturally, um, not through harsh negotiations or beating suppliers for another 5% each year, but through uh, creative problem solving, cre- coming up with uh, ways to streamline how things are done. And then I also wanted to talk on something that was just brought up, uh, the diff- the tension between uh, performance and brand marketing. I think some of this has to do with the rise of retailer media networks, uh, because the more sophisticated retail media networks are starting to include uh, sales uh, aspects into these joint business partnership agreements. So um, there, there's aspects of, you know, how much display space are you going to get on a, a digital or a physical shelf? Uh, how many seasonal displays are you going to get? And, and those are becoming trade-offs um, and poker chips in the negotiations with how much media you're going to spend through their networks. Uh, a kind of a, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine type of approach. And the retailers obviously have a, a big hammer to wield there. And so I think that's part of the issue is that all of these other aspects of the commercial side of the business are starting to encroach and be gathered up in these media discussions. And this is an area where uh, media and marketers uh, have less knowledge of. And I think if, if played right, procurement can help bridge the gap between those. And I don't think it's necessarily, the, I, I think we can, but I don't think it's necessarily the right thing to do to lean on our agencies to help us figure it out. Uh, I think it's up to the, the advertiser to get their house in order, because as you guys have uh, said over and over again, media, media agencies are often a reflection of the client. And if the client's all screwed up, then it's going to be a tough road for the agency to, to help fix that. That's awesome, Kevin. Thank you so much. We're definitely increasing. Tr- I mean, you, it's a big weekend for you, right? You've got you've got uh, your Halloween coming up in a week. Yes, indeed. I should ask you when you actually join. Um, when you join, actually, please just introduce yourself. So we just, in case those that you don't know, Hamish is um, uh, from Wait, the agency WaveMaker. Um, Kevin, as you probably figured out, is uh, indirect sourcing for media and digital at Hershey, the Hershey Company, um, and we have Jan. Jan Simons, can you get yourself off mute? You can. Hi, Jan. I've tried. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Tom. Hi, everybody. Um, so yeah, I'm Jan. Um, I'm the the global managing director for growth at at Havas Media Group, and I I wanted to pick up a point that David made, and then which which Hamish went deeper on, and Kevin has kind of addressed it now. So uh, I'm going to keep this very short. But the, the whole debate around um, balancing brand and performance as it relates to especially sort of the, the client conversations at the stage pre-pitch or understanding the brief always remind me in the context of recession and how do we deal with it as agencies of the conversations we have to clarify the brief itself. And what I mean by that is that we get so many questions, especially around issues like, I want to take my business omni-channel. And we have to actually spend time to understand what the real client what the real client challenges, what is their definition of that term? We have there's a lot on brand and performance, would you believe? Because you know, the exact definitions of which channels are in, where do the responsibilities lie? Um, 
and 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 so on and so forth and how that gets executed i think is only magnified when you introduce omni-channel marketing so kevin mentioned you know the the, the retail ad, ad networks or the retail networks um i think david spoke of customer experience it all sort of comes together i have not met a client yet so far this year that didn't have a point of view on the role of media and therefore felt empowered or felt reasonably in control over we kind of know what we want to do and i didn't sense anxiousness around um the pressures that might come from another bigger recessionary cut but that might also be because there's busyness on on budget planning and you know people come up for air um, at a later time in the year but i thought that kind of omni-channel versus brand and performance piece in the context of 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 recession or, or kind of future stability of budgets is, is an interesting one good thank you Jan. i mean it's definitely you know, as i said at the beginning you know we really want to tease out um from you guys as well what what are the you know big topics that we want to address on media snack in the coming weeks and months and and that that balance um you know we've seen you know if you if you are vaguely regular on on marketing or advertising twitter which can be a bit of a cesspit hellhole sometimes um that's a perennial almost daily discussion and and tug of war that's going on between that with lots of vested interests in it so it's hard sometimes to kind of rise above and actually think as a marketer what's the right strategy uh, for our business but thank you for your uh, inputs there can i just ask any of you i mean we're planning these episodes to be around 30 minutes long so we come towards the end but uh, we've got more uh more people here Anyone else got a kind of a burning issue or challenge or something that, that you're mindful of in the industry that you think we should be discussing more? Please just raise your hand. Um, we'd love to hear it. Okay, well, listen, if there's no more uh, suggestions right now, please leave comments down below um, after this. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, we hope that uh, this was helpful for you. Really appreciate the discussion. Thank you to all of those that, that raised their hand and spoke today. As I say, we're doing this, probably we'll do it every other Friday, I think. Um, really appreciate it. I really want this to be a good discussion as we all help make for a kind of better media industry for the brands that we love. And that's really the objective here. So uh, every discussion is helpful. And we wish you the, a great rest of your Friday. Thank you so much. And see you next time. Bye-bye.